Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They're not gangsters. They're not hardened criminals. I don't think they intended to kill anybody. They were looking for have a joyride. It was the woman in the Mandalorian. What did she do? She liked something? Or... She was a Nazi. I said, well, you know, the great mother doesn't choose sides. According to Avatar, the great mother doesn't choose sides. She's there to protect balance. Yes. She doesn't pick a winner. She protects balance. And yes. do you know what the Palestinian and the Israelis in the room, do you know their reaction? They, they, they thought about it. And I think it was because some of them had seen Avatar. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids <laughs> and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> God help us. That is the soon-to-be president of the United States. I don't even know. I mean, this is one of those situations with the Kamala Harris. There's two minutes of audio. Uh, you think to yourself, do you do do you do it to the listeners? Do you do it to them? It's not about sure. The laughing is something that maybe you some people might think that she should be committed for, and the, the utter vacuousness. But those are two normal Kamala traits. <laughs> what she says, the points she makes, are thoroughly, obscenely insulting. If you're in, and by the way, this should, I don't know where I, I think I stole this from somebody, but somebody should be making ads right now with this audio, what mm-hmm. she, Kamala Harris said, and uh, distributing it to, um, to, uh, 2022, uh, candidates and campaigns immediately. Mm-hmm. And it should be everything you hear. This is, Absolutely crazy. So I've cut this thing into 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 two pieces here. First, she sets it up with a contrived, uh, really at this point, well trodden theme of finding opportunity in every disaster. Blah blah blah. I believe in that that saying that in every crisis there is an opportunity if we see it for what it is. That's not a saying, by the way. You know, Rahm Emanuel had a saying that stripped away the uh, friendly, colorful window dressing that said, never let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the year that um, I was applying to colleges, that was one of our college essay questions was like, it's some quote where somebody says, like, the, I don't even know if this is actually true about the Chinese character, but the, the, the Chinese character for um, crisis has two meanings and one is danger and one is opportunity or whatever mm. so i mean this is a thing that everybody says yes. it's not a new invention yes. by kamala harris this pandemic resulted in so much loss to human life people lost their jobs her act is so shallow <laughs> the, the tremors in her voice mm-hmm. when she says sad things and then when she says anything else she's always on the precipice of of falling into uproarious laughter. 
But right, right now, it's so much loss. It is, like I said, it is shallow. This this doesn't fly. Her act is not a good one. Um, loss of normalcy. So much loss and devastation. <laughs> then this is going to be a running theme in this in this uh, two minutes of Kamala Harris. Normalcy wasn't lost. It was mandated to go away. Right. And the interest groups that push the mandates belong in the corner of Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it at that. We'll get to a little more of this. And this pandemic was in many ways an accelerator. Meaning for whom things were bad before they got even worse. And it also magnified then the fissures and the failures and the fractures in our system. That's some genuine horse bleep right there. Mm-hmm. It, none of this stuff happened under its own inertia. Mm-hmm. All of these were manip- manipulations. Now, I'm sure that the cr- crime costs and destruction of of the fallout from George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. is now pushed into pandemic uh, category. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't you remember last summer during the campaign season, all the Democrats were going, you're cowering in your house, trapped at home, and there's riots in the streets. Now do you still like Trump so much? Mm-hmm. Now do, have we made America great yet? This is Trump's America. Yeah. So here we go. If you're... Um, if you're already starting to work yourself up into being angry, this is the point where if you're drinking, this is where you want to crack one and um, and start to calm yourself and soothe yourself. Um, if not, uh, breathing exercises or whatever else works. Prayer. So you say, Kamala, okay, talk about the opportunity now, right? What? <laughs> Who said something funny anywhere around? But the-, the opportunity is... More people are seeing that, yeah, affordable childcare is a big deal. First of all, she never had to do the childcare thing. I don't think she has her own kids. She does not. No, she inherited some kids. Um, Married into some kids, I think. Most of us knew that affordable childhood, uh, childcare is a big deal. For a long time, which is one of the reasons why we like to keep our own money, mm-hmm. which Kamala is not for. Right. And one of the reasons why we don't support, uh, you know, government way over regulation of childcare. Massachusetts is one of the most expensive states for childcare in the yes. country. So we've seen it firsthand. It costs roughly, at least when we had our daughter um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, well, 10 ish. Um, it was around two grand a month mm-hmm. um, up until she was like a year and a half. It was, and so you know now multiply by two if you have two kids and like forget about it. You just yes. might as well not work. So like this has been a purposeful thing that they've been doing over regulating childcare for decades now. This is an on purpose policy that they do. But whatever, don't get me. Started. Yes, these are big liberal policies over regulated, mm-hmm. like you were saying. So now brace yourself. Here we go. If you're somebody who's had kids in school or had to homeschool them or had to deal with having to stay home because the, the schools are closed, Deep this, breaths, is, this is Kamala's take. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids <laughs> and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. I don't even know. I don't even know how one would respond to this without using an expletive. <laughs> now you're seeing the value of those teachers. Now do you see? Now we shut off the schools. Now you miss us, huh? <laughs> Excuse me. No, we paid you to have school. You know, and and towns always go back and forth on you know whether or not they're getting the value for their education dollars because the cost of education seem to be going up and the quality doesn't necessarily seem to be following but then the government decided to try continuing to take all your education dollars from you but not offering you any school and their takeaway from that is not that they're blackmailing us with our own money weirdly 
but uh, that now we really appreciate them and like them. Right. And all because, and, and it's as if this force out of nowhere mm-hmm. made us, like a giant hurricane came and destroyed all the schools now we see, but that didn't happen. Right. The schools weren't open. Though safe, the schools weren't open because of community spread. The schools mm-hmm. weren't open. We yeah. taught in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, mm-hmm. we taught teachers and kids how to prepare for a nuclear blast <laughs> in the classroom. What to do if it was coming in the classroom. We were prepared to stick it out through that and through the days and, and leading up to that. We were in mm-hmm. school, and that was going to happen, and that was what you did because kids are right. in schools. And now, even though the risk was minimal the entire time, mm-hmm. and this was obvious, you don't even, it's not even, this is now a fact that this was simply a shakedown by the teachers' unions. And she's acting like we've now benefited from seeing what they have to go through. Right. Well, okay. Then can you pay Alice Shattuck? A teacher's salary for this year, then, since that's what we did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Seems only fair to me. I mean, I'd even take back my own money uh, that I we paid that- in property taxes that went to education. Because that's... I mean, uh, I don't even need you to pay me a teacher's salary. But, you know, there's, there are a bunch of states now, like New Hampshire, a ton of states are passing bills that are going to let parents take their education dollars out of the school system and use them for their own things, whether it's homeschooling, private school, parochial schools, whatever it is. And, um, you know, obviously people don't like that. Uh, you know, there was just a state, is it Kentucky? Who's Governor Bashir? I don't know. Um, but he just vetoed the bill and they overrode his veto, the legislature, even though he sends his kids to private school, the governor. And he's vetoing the bill to let people essentially have vouchers and take their money where they want to go it's unbelievable the audacity of all these people and i don't see how they're going to recover from this and to think that their takeaway is that we like them more now is it man (laughs) we should be paying them more you know for not being in the class they should get paid more that's not my takeaway uh no my takeaway is that we need about uh 75% 75% less of them, and they should make less money. <laughs> we started to talk about things like paid sick leave and paid family leave, because guess what? We're all in this together. What kind of policy point is that? We're just all in this together. <laughs> so, Yep, paid family leave. We're all in this together. Well, and just the blatant, you know, in every crisis is an opportunity. The opportunity isn't you know, we can learn to, like, really look out for our neighbors more. The opportunity is we can pass the policy proposals I've already always wanted to pass yes. now because there's... This know, is the same as her there's saying... There's a political advantage in the in the crisis this is her for saying, Democrats. It's saying it was a debate. It was a debate. This is not something she should be saying out loud. Right. Is that This is something you say in a very exclusive Democratic fundraiser at French mm-hmm. Laundry at some night. Say, I shouldn't be saying this, but yada, yada, right. yada, yada, when you say this, this is the audacity to, to in the nerve to say this. We took away people's right to make a living and now they're more into welfare. See how that works? Like it's We it's saw an opportunity to shut blatant. the schools down and we did. And now we can wrench out some more money for the teachers and other programs that we want. It is freaking remarkable. Remarkable. So therein lies the moment of opportunity that we all collectively, I know, are going to take full advantage of in terms of saying, you know what, there's consensus. Consensus in what exactly? In that all the parents wanted all the students to go home earlier, go back to school earlier, which is true. Mm-hmm. They did. Even the media turned. But, you know, the, as of winter, essentially, people in the media said, OK, guys, this is hard to say. You well, had the, the CDC director. So yes. You had the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, among others, saying, well, if you're vaccinated, you, you don't even need to be vaccinated. She said, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. she said, you can just open the schools. It's fine. Schools, you can open them. Easy. It's right. fine. They're already regimented in schools. They walk in little lines for fire drills, and they're separated already in their desk. You just separate mm-hmm. them. 
It is remarkable what this person is saying. We're all in this together. Everyone can see something that maybe only some of us could see before. So- what an arrogant line. Yeah. Now you idiots will see, okay? It took a pandemic to show you. Right. This is essentially her saying after a school shooting, well, this is finally an opportunity to pass gun control. Like, it's just, it's so disgusting. Except the school is shot by... The teachers. <laughs> yeah, it's like if she shot up the school right. and then said that it's an opportunity to pass gun control. Well, let's get to it. And let's not be incremental. Let's leapfrog over the problems and get into the next phase of all of this. Sounds great. It's, it's great mm-hmm. hearing this from somebody who's going to be, uh, you know, a vote, the 51st vote when there's no more filibuster or the president when there's no more f- filibuster. Right. Invest in our child care workers. Invest in our child care centers. Invest in our children. Pull- Invest in the child care workers and the child care centers, all of which you shut down. Mm-hmm. When we needed them the most, were shut down. All, mostly, of course, in the most marginalized cities, which we're going to hear about more and more as the George Floyd uh, trial turns into the George Floyd street protest, which turns into something probably more disastrous. All people out of poverty agree that it is not okay in the United States of America that children go hungry. That is a horse uh, a line that people like to say. Let me mm-hmm. mark that. Yeah, it's a big Bernie Sanders line as well. Right. Yeah, there are, we don't have a problem with people going hungry in the United States uh, who are able of sound mind enough to feed themselves generally. Right. It's certainly, it's not, you know, Yemen where they're. No, it's not a food shortage. Yeah. Yes. We're going hungry while getting diabetes. It's a different kind of going hungry. (laughs) Where is she? Well, that's why they rebranded it as food instability. Yes. Because it's like like not knowing where your next meal is coming from. I like food apartheid. (laughs) Opportunity before us right now. The opportunity to address long-standing racial disparities in every one of these systems, be it healthcare, education, the economy. Deal with the fact that over two million women left the workforce. In long- wait, wait, hold on, long-standing racial disparities, which disparities were impacted and made more despair mm-hmm. through our actions over the last year. Right. You have made it. If you want more whites to get shot to even it out with the number of blacks who get shot you screw that uh, over this past year because you have unleashed violent crime into the black community and, Absolutely. and patted yourself in the back doing it and I mean not to mention obviously the health effects of COVID have been felt more by marginalized communities yes. and um you know, I think about, too, when I hear people go on and on about vaccine passports this and vaccine passports that, why doesn't anybody bring up the fact that um, black people are much more vaccine hesitant than white people in the United States? And if you're into social justice, you might not actually like the results if you uh, make it so that people who haven't been vaccinated and can't show you their smartphone with their vaccine vaccine passport can't get into anywhere. That seems like maybe not the result that you're going to want once it turns out that all your venues are full only of white people and black people can't get into them because they didn't get the vaccine because of, you know, systemic racism in medicine over the past whatever decades, right? It is it is fascinating how this party, whose largest voting block and most powerful voting block, mm-hmm. you know, they're always trying to service that voting block by scaring them into... Uh, believing that the right is going to uh, reinstate Jim Crow, is that they are literally reconstructing elements of Jim Crow. Like you are saying, mm-hmm. you're pushing a segregation. Absolutely. Based on class and race. Mm-hmm. With these passports. Right. Some people will be able to go, some people will be more equal than other people. Some people can go to the movie theater. You, sorry about that, you can't. You have to go somewhere else. Even though you're, you, you were, we keep telling you, you're as American as everybody else. Sorry, marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. You don't get to have the passport. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Ultimately, I don't think the vaccine passport thing is going to catch on here. Just like all the states spent millions of dollars on contact tracing. And that was like a total wash. Like, people just ignored it, basically. We were at a restaurant last weekend. And did they collect our contact information to let us know if somebody at the restaurant to? has COVID? Uh, yeah, they... everybody's supposed to collect information for contact oh, tracing. So great. that they can, like... 
you know, so that if somebody tests positive this week and they call and the contact tracers let the restaurant know, the restaurant can notify everybody who was there in that time frame. Remember, in New Hampshire, they asked us. But now, like, the restaurants we've been going to haven't even asked us. Like, just nobody cares. Because everyone was lying to the contact tracers anyway. So everybody was giving them fake phone numbers and stuff. Like, what? And Americans just, like, don't do this stuff. I don't see the vaccine passport thing catching on in a serious way. I also think if you look at the results of the vaccine that are happening right now in Israel and the UK, where... You know, the deaths are have the the cases and deaths have continued to remain low in spite of the fact that you have, you know, spikes in Europe Mm -hmm. and in surrounding communities in surrounding countries. Um, You know, it I just think that once we get enough of the population vaccinated, it's not going to be a thing anymore. Like 75 percent of the over 75 population is vaccinated already pretty much consistently across the whole country regardless. And I think that the more people get vaccinated and the more people see that, you know, nothing bad has really happened to the people who've gotten vaccinated, more people are going to feel confident enough to get the vaccine. And, um, and you know, and the disease is going to be down enough that this isn't going to be a big deal anymore, a big right. enough deal that people are going to be willing to do it. You know, like, Think about how reluctant grocery stores already are to, like, confront people about masks, which it's, like, obvious if you're wearing a mask or not. Do you think the grocery stores are going to want to ask every person who walks in there to see their phone or scan their phone on a device and try and force compliance on that? It seems like not a confrontation they're going to want to mess with. It's just too – it's too much of a pain. Like, I – Well, yes, and you are asking for – you are asking for community leader trouble right? when you start to do that. You can't so do it's that. just, I don't think that's going to end up taking off here. I think it'll be like the contact tracing. Like they'll try and make it a thing and it'll just end up ignored and spat upon until people let it go. Well, I think that matters. I mean, what is the political utility for Joe Biden of doing it? Because his, he scores high on vaccine, I mean, on, on COVID. Right. So uh, does it, if he does it, does that allow him to claim another victory in the larger battle against the coronavirus? Well, I think that they're they're already trying to frame it as like more of a private sector thing. Like they're saying like the businesses want this. It's not us because they can already see that people like don't like the idea of the government tracking them. So they're right, trying but to make it they're like incentivizing you get sector. free fries, you know, when right. you go to the place. If you have got your Krispy mm-hmm. Kreme is giving a free donut. Right? At the same time, you know, that could also have its own backlash because there are Trump voters mm-hmm. who want nothing to do with the vaccine because they don't want anything to do with Fauci and all those people. And, right. you know, they could actually boycott establishments that are giving out rewards. Then you'd have Trump voters alongside marginalized people and actually be a nice uh, nice coalition. Yeah, so, I mean, it's we'll have to see what happens, I guess, how things shake out. But, you know, it, I just... Um, I don't see Americans necessarily going along with it the way they the way that people in China do with like the social credit system and health passports that they have mm-hmm. there and stuff. I just I don't I don't see it taking off here. The one place maybe might be like airplanes potentially I could see doing it because they already run you through a ringer to get on an airplane. People put up with that somehow, but I can't see people going through that just to get into a grocery store. America's um best politician at the moment, Ron DeSantis is of course, predictably, used this, gotten in front of it to mm-hmm. uh, to uh, kind of show off his wares again. We are not uh, supporting doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. Uh, no one was more aggressive about getting this out. If you look at all the different points throughout Florida, whether it's a hospital, county health department, a retail pharmacy, a drive-through sites, church sites, all this stuff, it's important. But we always said we want to provide it for all, but mandate it for none. And that was something that, while it was advised to take, particularly if you're vulnerable, we were not going to force you uh, to do it. So there, were, there was never under discussion any mandates to take vaccines. We will not have COVID vaccines mandated in Florida. The flip side of that, though, with these vaccine passports is uh, it's completely unacceptable for either the government or the private sector 
to impose upon you uh, the requirement that you show proof of vaccine to just simply be able to participate in normal society. You want to go to a movie theater? Should you have to show that? No. You want to go to a game? Do you, no. You want to go to a theme park? No. So we're not supportive of that. Um, I think it's something that people have certain freedoms and individual liberties to make decisions for themselves. I also wonder, it's like, okay, you're going to do this, and then what, give all this information to some big corporation? You want the fox to guard the hen house? I mean, give me a break. I think this is something that has huge privacy implications. It is not necessary to do. You know, we're going to have hit three and a half million seniors that have gotten shots uh, uh, sometime this week, likely 75% of seniors. It's important to be able to do it. We get it. We get it. You got it. He's, uh, he's right on. The guy's been on point. He agrees with me. He must listen to the burn barrel. Maybe he listens to the barrel, kid. Um... Let me see. Uh, Biden did not take... Oh, speaking of the burn barrel, which we're on, do you have any news about any happenings on Twitter about the burn barrel podcast? Oh, yes. Tell the people. I've, I don't know I don't know enough about it, but I know that, the, that our listeners are fantastic, and thank you very much. We move on somehow. We're like Oral <laughs> Roberts University, Alice. <laughs> Blows, uh podcast madness bracket. Continues pace. We have defeated, uh, I don't even know what it is, Radio Gunk, which I guess takes clips of like Howard Stern and stuff. How, how can this be happening? How um, are we beating anybody? So, <laughs> so we have we the, have advanced to round three. We is are it in possible the, the competition is unaware the, of the... <laughs> I believe it might be possible. <laughs> no, this is a completely fair and accurate assessment of podcast listenership enthusiasm levels. And um, we are one of the elite eight of is that are we on to the elite eight yet i don't even know i don't know i don't know i'm not a march madness uh, fan except for um kim mulkey of baylor who's the coach of or manager of baylor which is a a college i'm told she's <laughs> playing basketball and she's got a bold idea for the final four i don't think my words will matter but after the games today and tomorrow there's four teams left i think on the men's side and the women's side they need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you got kids that end up having test positive or something and they don't get to play in a Final Four? So you need to just forget the, sh the, the, the COVID test and let the four teams that are playing in each Final Four go battle it out. Here, here. Almost yeah. had to bleep her there. I know. I love that. You need to just forget this shit. Yeah, no test. <laughs> I was on with Jerry Callahan today. You should uh, – Follow Jerry mm -hmm. and uh, sign up for his podcast. And he um, he actually was t a little bit like, whoa, that's a little too far. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's just, uh, it's very like, you know, saying the quiet part out loud kind of deal where she's like, well, we need to stop testing because what if they test positive and then they can't play? It's like, yeah, that's the idea of the testing. So, but, you know, she didn't even, like, try and cover it up with, like, you know, they've only been around the same people now for the last two days and they should just isolate and then there's no risk. She didn't try and give some, like, deeper rationale. She was just like, no, it would really suck to test positive. Well, let's check in with the, actually, it's the James Brady White House briefing room. Today, it was 40 years since James Brady and General Reagan were shot. And um, and uh, their shooter, the um, um, who's John Jody Hinckley, Foster John Hinckley, is a free man right now. Hmm. So good for you, uh, John. Hey, classic jerk. Classic jerk. James Brady was a, was a really cool guy. Most people who shoot people are jerks, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Uh, certainly a lot of them. So let's check in with the White House briefing room. Putting in their place with a smiling face and with style and grace. That's how Jim Saki circles back. You're a bright, refreshing sight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jen. Why exactly does all the letterhead now say Biden-Harris administration? I would take from it that Vice President Harris is an important partner. She's the first in the room, the last in the room. On most occasions, if she's in town and not traveling around the country, um, it's a reflection of the important role uh, that she will play moving forward. A role regarding this stuff. So you say, Kamala, okay, talk about the opportunity now, right? The opportunity is more people are seeing that, yeah, affordable child care is a big deal. 
more parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids <laughs> and say, we don't them nearly enough. Yeah. Okay. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jen Saki, how is it possible that you have teachers in San Diego teaching migrant children in the various uh, civic centers and convention centers uh, that we're now using as detention centers? How is it that they're getting actual in-person teaching from real teachers. I'd like to find out what the White House thinks about what's happening in San Diego, where some public school teachers are providing in-person instruction at the San Diego Convention Center to migrant children before their own public school students. And these kids, of course, about 130,000 of them have been at home doing online learning for about a year now. So what does the White House think about that? Well, I know you guys have done a fair amount of reporting on this, so maybe you'll have more details. Uh, as I understand it, San Diego Public Schools are opening in early April? April 12th. To hybrid learning. Okay. And students will be back in the classroom. And as I understand it, this is related part-time. Uh, and certainly, you know, our objective from the White House, opening up five days a week, a uh, majority of schools across... Saki is answering this totally matter-of-factly. Meanwhile, she's on, she's got the huge binder out reading. That with this. She knows that this is an explosive question. Uh-huh the country and uh, they're on spring break right now and this is related to volunteering or being paid i'm not even sure you'd have to ask the local school district i don't we don't even know we're just so it's such a non-thing here that we don't even know i'm just as i carefully read these bullet points of how we don't know and it's such a i'm not even sure you might want to ask them during spring break for these migrant kids Yes, yeah, so the San Diego County Supervisor, Jim Desmond, he says, you know, I think it's great that there's in-person learning for unaccompanied minors from Central America, but I wish every child in San Diego County was allowed the same opportunity for in-person teaching. So I guess the, the question is, you know, uh, does the White House think that this sends the right message to these 130,000 kids in San Diego and their parents who've been stuck at home for the last year. Well, I'm just saying that context is important. And these oh. kids are going back to school uh, for hybrid learning. We, of course, want that to be five days a week, and we're confident we'll get there early next month. And I believe they're also on spring break right now. So these teachers are... Spring break, there's going to be hybrid learning, you know, it's a couple days a week, mm -hmm. this, that, da, 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 da. so don't worry about it. Just don't focus too much on it. It's not this is like there's an egregious injustice happening, and somehow you can get teachers to do this for kids who aren't little American kids. Mm -hmm. but you who, can't by get... the way, a bunch of whom are testing COVID positive right, too, by right. the way. Hey, well, how, yeah, and how's... So the safety the, issue did, remains. Did, 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 this, did these buildings have to get a new ventilation system too? <laughs> Would be, I'm not sure if it's volunteer or paid. You'd have to ask the local school district um, while the kids are on spring break, which I think the context is pretty context important. Is pretty, okay, next. I'd like to find out it's what like, It's like, it, it's so funny. It's so, it's so uh, inconsequential that I'm not, we're not even sure. We didn't even bother to You know, to take April 12th. March 29th what's the difference really you know it's a just a two-week difference after your kids haven't been in school for a year it's fine no big deal uh speaking of the migrant centers they finally let the press in to the I'm one in Donna that. Texas today and the pictures are outrageous they're, they're uh not it does it does not look good there are guys the entire Shattuck family is now in the room for those of you watching <laughs> video that one camera should be going out soon the um the there are thousands of kids packed in there. They're at seventeen hundred percent of their COVID capacity. <laughs> there, um, there are kids uh, testing positive for COVID. Um, they're, you know, packed into this place. That there was like one where it's all these little kids, like toddlers, mm -hmm. in a room with like a little baby gate all around them, and they're all like sitting in the baby gate, like twenty five of them in there. It's just, it's really. I mean. It's unbelievable. And yeah, hold on, guys. Can you do whatever it takes so he doesn't have a violent fit and destroy every camera in part of the studio? Yeah, if he just wants to sit here, why don't you guys give him a phone or something so that... Um, and put the volume down? And put the volume down on a phone so that he can watch it. That would be great. Just for another little while, okay? Um, so, and what they're saying, what the reporters are saying who are taking these pictures in the border facilities is that now, because the Biden administration has been sending back adults... Um, or uh, families, if if they can, is that the families are now practicing what the journalists are calling self-separation, which is oh. that they're going back <laughs> over the border. A sun butter sandwich as soon as we're done. 
definitely. Um, the, you want um, Sally to make you one? Do you want Sally to make you one? Sally can make you a sun butter sandwich. Ask no. Sally. Okay. Um, okay, we'll do so, it in a bit. Just need you to be quiet for but, a bit. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're calling it now when Biden separates families by incentivizing them to send their kids back across the border alone after they get sent home. So it's... It's really just separation with an extra step. The Biden administration says, no, you can't come here. We're only taking children who are alone. And the parents say, great, and head back across the border and then send back their kid alone who ends up in the detention center. So really a great situation all around. It is not going away, no matter how much uh, Rachel, Rochelle, I always call her. All right. Before we hear a person that I love now, as of today, we're going to hear from a person who I think is a horrifically terrible person. This is Bill Maher and Heidi Heidkamp, who was the former senator from one of the Dakotas, is on the show with her. And they're talking about Gina Carano from The Mandalorian. I like this picture. Uh, who was the woman in The Mandalorian? What did she do? She liked something? Or... She was a Nazi. Oh, that's different, yeah. right? I'm... A Nazi, she, he call, she calls her. Just ro- throwaway line. She was a Nazi. Thinking of somebody else. Well, she's not a Nazi. She, she, yeah, she was. She's a white. Na- she's involved See, look at that. She's she's you're calling her a Nazi. She called other people Nazis. Right. So which she's is the Nazi. Okay. Everyone's yeah. a Nazi now. Yeah. Um, she does hang with white supremacists. It's like a Mel Brooks she does. Movie. Yeah. Hangs with white supremacists. I suppose I'm now subject to defamation. I, I, yeah. She should be. I would sue the hell out of her. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what your definition of white supremacist is. That your, also, the goalposts yeah. there changed a lot. Used your, to be a guy in a clan hood right. who... But I think, we have a, to, I think we have to be really careful. There's two things... Wait, we have to be careful. Not Heidi Heitkamp. She doesn't have to be careful. She can call people Nazis and hang out with white supremacists. When she's saying Nazis and white supremacists, by the way, that's Ben Shapiro. That's who the Nazi is. I, don't, I think that uh, assessment is problematic. Things the Republicans think they're going to get Biden on cancel culture and this whole Dr. Seuss stuff that's going on. Heidi Heitkamp has wrapped herself up in knots here and screwed herself in this little uh, segment. Where they're reading green eggs and ham, proving that some of these senators can actually... They're suggesting where they're trying to go out and say that people are calling them uh, Nazis and uh, launching these attacks uh, at them and saying that they're white supremacists. Yeah, Heidi, you are a living proof that this is happening. And, and, um, and, <laughs> and immigration. And, and, and so we can't ignore the fact that we got Donald Trump was in part because of political correctness. I mean, you did a whole show called... I, I did. You had a moron. But that's fine. I'm not going to sweat that. I'm going to get over that. That's not what, what bothers me. Oh, you know what? Since we're... While we're doing that, I might as well just run through the... Juan Williams um, you know, screwed up his answer as well. What was the name? Ahmed, the guy who was killed... Carjack. What was his Ahmed? The food deliverer was named. Um, what was his name? Muhammad Anwar. Okay, was uh, was killed when we played the audio. I don't want to get into it. It's depressing. But the uh, the take from Juan Williams was not a, a great one. It's tragic. I mean, you got these teenage girls. I mean, they're little kids. Not they're not gangsters. They're not hardened criminals. I don't think they intended to kill anybody. They were looking for have a joyride, and it just went way wrong, way out of control, and ended up in a gross tragedy. I mean, this is unbelievable. Their lives are ruined. Well, they brought and a stun gun, <laughs> so usually you don't bring a stun gun yeah. to a joyride. But go no, ahead. I just think. Correct. I mean, it's like, you know, kids finding guns in their parents' house. I don't know what to say, Jesse. It's awful. It's a terrible situation. Okay, and it is a terrible situation, and that was terrible. Now, there's there aren't too many members of the Biden inner circle and administration that I'm a huge fan of. But there are two, Alice, two who I am fond of, both men. One is called Champ, and one is called Major. <laughs> And my buddy, uh, Major, is in trouble. He's not his first uh, scrape of the law either. Can you clarify for us uh, what happened with the president's dogs? There's some reports that one of them was involved in a fighting incident. Can you clarify exactly what happened? Sure. Uh, Champion Major, the president and first lady's dogs, uh, members of the family, are still getting acclimated and accustomed to their new surroundings and uh, new people. 
And on Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual, which was handled by the White House Medical Unit with no further treatment needed. It had been previously planned already uh, for the dogs to be cared for by family friends in Delaware during Dr. Biden's travels to military bases this week. She has a three-day trip this week, and the dogs will return to the White House soon. Well, there you go. Bad news. <laughs> Major, President Joe Biden's younger dog, bit someone while out on a walk Monday afternoon, CNN reported. The first dog went after a National Park Service employee, according to CNN. So is this back in Washington or Delaware? I assume in Washington. Washington, yep, they're back. First Lady Jill Biden's press secretary <laughs> confirmed the incident to CNN. Yes, Major nipped someone on a walk. I'd like to get the Park Service employee's uh, a take on what <laughs> what was a nip and what was a bite. Uh, yes, Major nipped someone on a walk, Michael LaRosa, the First Lady spokesman, told CNN. Out of, out of an abundance of caution, the individual was seen by the White House dock and returned to work. The canine was spotted by a White House reporter about the time the bite took place. Two sources with knowledge, knowledge of the incident told CNN the bite victim was working at the time and had to stop and had to stop to get attention from the White House medical union, unit. Working, and I wonder what he, what he was doing. Um... Major was taken from the White House to Delaware for special training after a similar incident that rehab did not take. <laughs> the Bidens adopted Major. Some people and dogs need a few rounds. Yep. Champ, the older of the Bidens dogs, was also taken to Del- Delaware after the first uh, biting issue. Thank- Ruining it for Champ, Major, not good. The previous bite happened in March. H also required medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> but only from the White House medical unit. No big deal. No further yep. medical care was needed. Uh, the last time Biden said, um, you turn a corner and then there's two people you don't know at all. And he moves to protect, Biden said. Well, he moved to protect against the National Park Service person with <laughs> Biden not even in the area this time. So I don't know. He is taking protecting to a new level. But um, I mean, I think that um, no, I'm making excuses for major here, but I think that being the dog at the White House is kind of a tough job for some dogs, personality-wise. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're not a dog who does well with new people, and some dogs just never really learn how to do well with new people. You know, uh, I don't know that being at the White House is the spot for you because there's a lot no, of people but usually, coming in but and these out. Dogs have, these dogs have been trained. Remember, they had their, they got their little uh, dog plomas before they went to the White House. Yeah, and but- obviously, Major needs some. Uh, Remedial training. Let me tell you one thing. Our dogs would be in the news constantly. <laughs> I'm not denying constantly. that. Constantly. Uh, our dogs... But are... I like those dogs, Champ mm-hmm. and Major. I, I do... like them too. I'm not sure they're really well suited to the White House environment. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm not sure uh, a lot of people who reside in the White House are well suited <laughs> to the White House environment. So, um, so that is happening. Also happening, and I'm sorry, Alice, once again, I hate to tell you, because I've tweeted out a really absolutely, uh, some people, not me, would call it an almost sexy picture of you uh, from a few years back. And Why don't you always wear a black miniskirt and uh, pink cowboy hat? That's something that needs to happen. I tweeted, check out my Twitter. We were in a photo booth at a wedding. Alice, give me this. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um... But I'm sorry, I am now dating somebody else, Alice, and I hate to say this on the podcast, but uh, I feel like I owe it to you to be honest. Okay. I am now dating uh, Marianne Williamson, who I don't care, and actually I'm intrigued that she's insane, because <laughs> I like her voice. It's rich and She does robust, have a cool voice. She's the way like she in a speaks, 40s movie. Yes, it makes me, she would, if she like asked me to get the mail, I'd feel important. <laughs> so she sat down with James Cameron to absolutely wow him with stupidity and insanity. And it, this is what this cut, it, well, just, just listen to it. I, wa- I want to tell you this. I was in Israel. James Cameron always reports from his like mini sub. <laughs> I, he, everything I see him in, he's in the mini sub. But she, okay, Marianne Williamson's in Israel. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to some Israeli and Palestinian peacemakers. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, did she... Mostly they were hot dog vendors, but fine. And I said, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I said, well, you know, the great mother 
doesn't choose sides. According to Avatar, the Great Mother doesn't choose sides. She's there to protect balance. Yes. She doesn't pick a winner. She protects balance. And do you know what the Palestinian and the Israelis in the room, do you know their reaction? She's nodding her head. They, they, They thought about it. They That's nodded, good. and I think it was because some of them had seen Avatar. Yeah. James uh, Cameron was in an Uber 11 seconds later. So, there you go. I love her. I don't care. She could make anything interesting. Like, the, she could read the ingredients of a pot roast, and it would sound <laughs> interesting and fabulous. Um, and, oh, speaking of Avatar, one of the classic Joe and Jill Biden's cuts from, this is now would be almost 13 years old. You've been a very busy man. Do you and Mrs. Biden ever get to the movies, Academy Award picks, any favorites yeah, and among as, the Oscar nominees? As a matter of fact, we do. Uh, um, and uh, um, I, I think the, uh, one of the odds on favorites, Jill didn't go with me, but is, um, is uh, this, uh, this, this, this new program that I looked at it and wished I was seeing it in 3D. And you sit there and you watch this science fiction thing unfold in front of you. I think Avatar. Avatar. I knew he had the right stuff to be president. <laughs> the way he answered that question, I thought, that's a guy with grasp. It is funny, like, looking back at Avatar, because that movie was so huge. And it's weird how it was so huge and then just, like, totally vanished. Like, its cultural influence, like, disappeared right away. Well, I think a lot of that was... Re- Whoa. What are we hearing? A thousand things are is happening. your phone? Okay, Anson is sending us pictures by the... Oh, okay. Tens of um, millions. Okay. So I think a couple of there's a couple of reasons why But do you remember when people like had groups that would get together and like mourn because those weren't Pandora my kind of groups. wasn't real or whatever the planet was? Okay, so this is why I think that is. Uh-huh. Because Avatar was Iraq. And it was also mm-hmm. Vietnam. It was Blue Vietnam, as it I was, used to call uh, it. But all, that's what it was. Okay. Stupid boorish American Marines going in and destroying something mm-hmm. fragile and and uh, fra- and, and mm-hmm. precious, and and Bush was out right around that time. Obama came in, and there was no reason to. All of the death counts of uh, soldiers in Iraq went away, and uh, Cindy Sheehan went home, and Code Pink shut up for the most part, and all this stuff changed. And so that battle culturally, we had moved on from that battle. Mm-hmm. And remember, then we had it was time to go after the tea baggers, as the President mm-hmm. Obama or no, no, Obama didn't call them that, but Anderson Cooper did, and uh, NPR. And then it was Occupy Wall Street, and you had other little mini revolutions right. there. So, I mean, I think also it was just that the movie was kind of technologically interesting. Like you can go and watch it in 3D, and it like wows you with how 3D it looks and stuff. Doesn't wow me. Alice. I know that you don't it wows get wowed. you. I know that you don't get, don't wowed, get wowed, but but. Although you did tell me when I made you see How to Train Your Dragon in 3D that uh, it was the most 3D thing you'd ever seen, and the 3D technology had come a long way since the last time you saw 3D. We were movie, also which was we were also fairly 80s. new, and I was trying to impress you. Okay, there were a lot of untruths <laughs> heading your way <laughs> okay. at that time, Alice. Well. You've more seen the more disappointing me now for years, and you realize now. Well, I prefer to believe that you were impressed with How to Train Your Dragon, and I really enjoyed it. I like seeing movies. It's one of my things. Um, but uh, so Avatar was like very impressive to watch, you know, just visually stunning. But, you know, at, at the bottom of it, it was kind of a dumb movie. Like you call it no. the Iraq War, but it was really like um, we always called it Pocahontas, space Pocahontas, because it's like. They come to the planet and the indigenous people are all like peaceful and loving and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just funny because I I don't know. I witnessed this argument on Twitter like maybe a year ago or something where somebody was saying that like people just think Avatar is dumb because we don't understand like the subtle point it's making about imperialism. And everyone was like, imagine thinking that the problem with Avatar was that its point was like too subtle and people didn't get it. Like, no, the point is that the point was completely over the top in your face moralizing, which like it's fine. It is what it is, but it's not that smart a movie. So it's funny to me that Marianne Williamson has like latched on to it as like this genius work of art that, is the source of wisdom and can solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. 
I really enjoy the idea. And I'm sure that was their reaction, that they just sat in silence and like nodded blankly at her. If she even spoke to any peacemakers, which I doubt no, she didn't. happened. She may have thought she, she was, but they weren't at all. Uh, okay, Alice, I am done presenting this show, I feel. Now, I see you've got other stuff on your dossier. Is there something else you'd like to talk about? I think we covered most of my points, honey. I'm sorry. Okay, maybe we'll have some Amazon stuff tomorrow. We'll have more. Um, we'll have more um, Chauvin trial tomorrow. And possibly some Actually, Cuomo. Did I not? Did I not clear the Chauvin trial stuff? Or maybe I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, uh, Chauvin trial st- stuff. Yes, and Cuomo stuff. Maybe we'll talk to VB again. Uh, please do sign up for the um, my Substack if you can. It's you don't have to pay for it. It's a, there's a there's a free option. Um, and, and, um, please do leave a review if you can on iTunes. I'm told it matters. And, uh, ideally a good review. It's, the bad review also matters. So we don't (laughs) like those (laughs) if possible. But, um, thanks everybody for listening. Once again, we are, um, it feels good to have, uh, you guys uh, interacting. I love it. I love you (laughs) on, uh, Twitter. I'll try to get better at responding to Facebook, although most of the people I talk to are on Twitter. Although, Alice, we'll get better at all that stuff. At all the things. But we laugh all through the day reading DMs and tweets, et cetera, uh, that, are, that involve us. And even the, I'll take even the mean ones about me. I just mm-hmm. w- want the attention. I, it's, uh, it's something my psychiatrist has been working with me. <laughs> uh, so uh, I thank you very much. I really appreciate everybody. Um, thanks so much. Tom mentioned our Twitter. That is at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Pod. And on YouTube, where we're Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel is the name of the channel there. There's video versions of all the podcasts. You can comment. You can like videos. You can subscribe either there or wherever you like to listen. We're on all the podcast platforms. And uh, you can send us an email. That's burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. C'est la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.